Welcome back to season two of the Music with Matt podcast. That's right. Here yeah. we are, yeah. ready to go. Season two. I'm Wes. Got, uh, a whole. Oh, what's your name? Wes. Oh, I've v- been calling you uh, West this whole time. It's actually what my mom calls me. West. Yeah. Well, it's still short for Weston. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm John, which is not short for Jonathan. No. J O H N. John. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I also go by Giovanni. Giovanni. Um, all right, welcome back to another season <laughs> of Music with Map podcast, right? This isn't just another episode. This is another season. Another season. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and pretty exciting. So yet again, the approach is the same, mm-hmm. right? Music as it intersects with what people do in their day-to-day lives, which has been pretty interesting so far. Um, I, I really like the this general theme because I think that when we feel like when we first set out to do it versus now inadvertently from some of the people that we've spoken with, I feel like it's opened up a little bit where we're not like I'm open to really anyone at all who happens to have music intersects with intersect with what they do. And this really started because of Lance. I remember when, when we were speaking about Lance, someone who is a, a sociology PhD, who's sort of, you know, inadvertently found a way of exploring vinyl music. Yeah. That wouldn't necessarily be someone that would come to mind if I think about music as it intersects with what you do in the day-to-day life, but it ended up being such a cool conversation for me really open it up where I'm like, Oh, we should, we should really widen this, uh, the scope a little bit, which I think that we have for the people that we have lined up for season two, we're definitely going down that path, you know? Yeah. And it's still within the context of like, all of these people are still, professionals and music's a part of their mm-hmm. professional world you know so it's not like um it's it's not just like somebody who's a farmer who likes to listen to music you know but yeah if, if they played music i mean maybe imagine be, or maybe not i don't know but i think i think to your point the the general theme there is that oftentimes when we set out to do something and, and this is common with map as well mm-hmm. we 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 try to define it and put it in, in, in like a space. Right. And we, and we kind of put uh, parameters around what that might look like. Mm-hmm. But what we always find is, is, is just the fluid nature of, yeah. Um, kind of letting it go. Right. Yeah. And, like when you, when you get there, when you're actually like there doing it, mm-hmm. the, it end, the outcomes end up being totally different. And then that informs your, your future, approach which is pretty cool which is basically essentially the same as what we're saying for this podcast and so what you're saying is we need to find out if anyone is a farmer or knows any farmers uh we need to interview you for this podcast there's a rhythm to farming yeah think about you know somebody on a tractor lobbing hay bales out in the field Mm -hmm. there's a rhythm to that you know you're right you're absolutely the chug-a-lug of the of the of the engine maybe of the tractor i actually really love when you can have those moments where you just naturally hear something exist where um, it emulates music. Like I think about if you're, mm. I can think of one example specifically where I was somewhere downtown and heard a couple thuds from a neighboring construction site at the same time that there were these paralleled squeals from streetcars passing by. Like it would have been at, like, I, f- I feel like it was around King and Spadina. Mm-hmm. So there was one streetcar going West and the other one was going North and they had these, and it was like a boom, <laughs> you know, it was like something <laughs> like that. And I was like, Oh my God, that was like a drum beat and a melody yeah, right there. Yeah. Like that's incredible. You know, 
I remember um, years ago, I was I was just uh, having fun, like you know, recording stuff and and working with microphones and all those things. And we built a beat out of um, just random things. So like mm. we ripped a piece of paper, recorded right. that sound, sampled it. We you know um, broke a pencil. Right. Oh, cool. uh, we threw some coins on a on a like piano top and recorded that. Right. And, and just kind of kept going from there hmm. and ended up like sampling that whole thing as our drum beat. Right. And it was actually pretty sweet. That's almost like fully. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah. And we have yeah. a guest who does fully for a living, which yeah. is cool. Um, but I've always thought about doing that. I've thought about doing that with different sounds made by the mouth, actually, mm. and as a way of almost like or even if you had if you went like bass and went <laughs> right. snare. And, and then like sample snare, snare, yeah, snare, yeah, yeah, and like made those your hits, you know, and like maybe not necessarily going like hi hat, but just going like and like ting ting for like a, I almost yeah, you almost hard. need to say it like because that makes it funnier, yeah, because um, you could speed it up in fix it in post. I mean, you could definitely <laughs> fix that in post. Yeah, that would work. You know what that actually also makes me think of is there was an era of music. I happened to listen to this stuff on the way over here today, but there was an era of music where I feel like um, pop songs, very popular songs, had a lot of sounds generated by the human voice, the human mouth. So I listened to Cry Me a River by Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. And as the song progresses, the music the instrumentation also grows and, and becomes more involved. But early on, it's basically just drums and singing. Mm. And you get a little bit of the string section and then eventually like the bass comes in and then more stuff happens. So it's it sort of more and more stuff comes in in support of the vocals. So there's a lot of vocal layers going on. Mm-hmm. But like at the beginning of it, there's a lot of like, like kind of sounds mm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I was like, I'd never noticed that before. And it, it makes me think of other songs from that era. Like I feel like even Aaliyah has that one song and there's like those weird kind of like mouth sounds that go along with it and things like that. So anyway, all that is to say, I guess we're not the first ones to think about doing. No, that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's definitely been done, but I think, you know, you raise an interesting point because I, I, it's interesting with a lot of pop music. Like even that session I was just talking about, our session was like, massive right we had all of these things and each thing was running through a different piece of outboard gear to make the desired whatever blah 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 but like with pop music it's interesting how simple yet complex it is absolutely right because it's it's like like even what you were just saying with cry me a river it's like the drums and the vocal and then you know maybe some strings but it's very subtle and whatever but i imagine if you looked at that session it would be pretty intricate at a glance it's quite sparse but yeah yeah Oh, um, big time. So it's like an interesting idea with, with pop music of less is more, mm-hmm. but also more is more. But if, more is yeah. more, <laughs> big time. So, for example, I also listened to a Maya song. Because I, I pulled up, actually, I pulled up What a Man by Salt and Peppa featuring On Vogue. Nice. Which is a great song. Um, I pulled up that song. <laughs> and then the autoplay sort of thing with my streaming service yeah. kicked me a few other songs, including... Um, Maya and Aaliyah, and then I selected Cry Me a River. But it was interesting how um, all of those songs were essentially that very rhythm heavy. And you can tell there are just so many different layers to what comprises the drum sound. Mm. And then vocally, for 
again, Maya, Aaliyah, Justin Timberlake, a little less salt and pepper. And I feel like maybe that was more in line with the era, like salt and yeah. pepper is way earlier, yeah. but like also different, kind of different, kind of different yeah. vibe to it. Yeah. Like a little less of the R and B vibe, like those other yeah. ones would have maybe. But, um, so again, think of this Justin Timberlake song where there were these like interesting mouth sounds that were accompanying the drums that were making up the drum sound. Um, you know, you had his main vocal line in the center, but there was just so much going on with backing vocals and additional harmonies or doubling the vocal line. And they were just scattered throughout like the mix. And and they just created such a huge sound. And same thing with Maya too, where mm-hmm. again, it was just like some key fundamental things, but um, the vocal presence was massive in the different layers. And that's the same kind of thing. It's like fundamentally when you're listening to it, Again, Justin Timberlake, you're like, this is just drums and mm-hmm. just a voice. So at a glance, very simplistic. Not much else going on in the way of the instrumentation. But each of those things has so much going on. And like you said, the session would have been massive. Yeah. And when you when you have a solid drum beat and then you're adding these different mouth accents, it's just like each of those are adding another track to the whole session. It's just like building it out, you know? Yeah, and, and it just goes to show like the the thought process that is behind some of that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's again, oftentimes like musicians, but also just people in general will kind of be the pop music. Come on. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just basic like four chord structure a lot yeah. of times with like, uh, you know, but actually there's quite a bit that goes into it. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we uh, use the um, example of Billie Eilish a lot. Right. Where, like musically, it's it's there's not a ton happening. It's quite sparse, you know. Yeah. Even even rhythmically, there's not a ton. Mm-hmm. But you get into one of those sessions, and there's you know, like easily easily over like fifty or sixty different lines of mm-hmm. di- different channels happening of different sounds. So it's 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 pretty great. Yeah, um, and and basically for anyone listening who doesn't know or jabbering on about, basically mm-hmm. it's like anytime you record something into a session, it, it's a track. Mm-hmm. Or maybe a couple tracks for for so, a so you record like one guitar line that's a track that's one a track. vocal line is a track and one so, bass line yeah, yeah so, so for things so like forth. this it's just like there are just multiple recordings that are just stacked on top of each other in one session and yeah case in point with Billie Eilish for sure uh, where that's that's an, like the artist their approach her and her brother who I guess does a lot of the recording engineering um, what's that dude's name Phineas yes yeah yeah. Um, yeah, their approach is just to stack layers. And that makes me think of Dr. Dre, I know, when he does, like, kick drum sounds on any given session. The kick drum sound is comprised of multiple different kick sounds, mm-hmm. and then the end result is that, you know? Well, it's it's cool. Like, and we started diving into this a bit when we talked with Lance, just the idea of technology aiding the creative process, right? right. Or, or however that might look. And it And it is pretty cool that we live in a day and time where, you know, um, cause I'm a, I'm an audio nut. Like I'm a nerd, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to, to sounds and, and microphones and gear and stuff, stuff like that. But it's pretty cool that like, you know, for under $800 for under, like realistically, I, I could spend like 200 bucks at a music store and get everything I need to record a pretty cool so- like song. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of build that, whether it's like a little, a little toy or whatever that I'm using to record the sounds, but yeah. it's all about how you kind of mix it and use it and whatever. But for sure. Yeah. Um, the accessibility of it makes making music a lot of fun for sure. And it's, um, it's cool to just think of and pay attention to all of the different things that people are doing, especially in the context of pop music, you know, mm-hmm. is there, is there a pop song for you 
that you can think of in the near or distant past. Just like any kind of pop song that would be classified as, yep, straight up to the point pop song where you're like, wow, this is incredible to listen to. Um, That might be a bit of a big question. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to go back and listen, but I know like by virtue of um, my wife who blares music all the time when right. we're at home, whether it's cooking or getting ready for the day or whatever. Or because she doesn't want to listen to you. That's good. That's more. Hey, can so. I, let me yeah. tell you about my yeah. day. Yeah. Ah, I'm going to turn the music up yeah. a little bit here. Enter Harry Styles. <laughs> oh, there um, you go. Okay. Harry Styles. But, but there's somebody who's, um, Harry Styles is interesting because it's not like overly good. complicated. Just kidding. <laughs> um, just kidding. Just kidding. He's not like, I wouldn't say he's a generational talent vocally right um right but he's good enough and the music's kind of cool and interesting and mm-hmm. it, and mm-hmm. it i find that for pop music at least sometimes it it goes places that i wouldn't think it would like a pleasant surprise yeah um right. it, unpredictable surprise okay um yeah. and and i find actually with a lot of his stuff too this will be like you know a musical phrase or a line or just like a little hook or something in mm-hmm. each song that's like Actually, that's pretty cool. Yeah. As the song itself, like I'm fine to not listen to it over and over, but there's always like one little part in each of his songs. And I don't know, you know, I I must confess, I don't know who produces it or records it or any of that background information, which would be cool to know. Mm -hmm. Um, True. But that's definitely one that comes to mind that is that is newer and and extremely popular right. and well when when you were saying that and so also to address it you know there's always the appreciation of the production mm. which is i think where pop music sort of stands a chance because musically maybe not but in terms of the overall picture of it the, the the production and things like that it's definitely part of it um when you were saying that though and thinking about an artist that is a big name performer who may typify like a a generation um and a household name i would say is like adele right where yeah. adele is yeah. like incredible pop singer um musically maybe nothing super wild or super complex but just an incredible performance vocally of course so looking up who who does harry styles production um it's uh, somebody i am familiar with uh kid harpoon hmm um and you know kid harpoon has done florence and the machine um a lot of like as far as like sort of the rock stuff goes i know they do a lot of pop stuff i think they've done some collaborations with drake Mm -hmm. i think they've even been a part of adele if i'm not mistaken somewhere along the lines um because i know they've done some shakira Hmm. Um, so they know how to write a hit they know how to produce a hit produce a hit Um, right which is like kind of the same thing. Yeah, here we go. Her, uh, Sean Mendez, lots of Harry Styles. Portugal the Man, interesting. Hmm. Um, I mean, that's pretty... Portugal it's, it's, the Man's pretty poppy. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, interesting. Regardless, uh, so there you go. Yeah. You know what, actually, and, and flipping it back, the producer um, Timberland, who worked a lot with Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. I wonder if it's his fingerprint in terms of the producer that maybe brought forth a lot of those different mouth sounds. Cause I feel like he was really prevalent in, in and around that time of the, you know, early Justin Timberlake, a lot of those different R and B artists. Like, well, we always joke that like producers don't really do anything 
in like the creative process, but also kind of they do everything. I know. Especially in relation to pop music because, you know, like a song, like a Harry Styles song would probably come from Harry Styles. I'm, like I'm not disputing that he would write it. Right. But it would probably come as like a, like a four chord guitar, acoustic or piano something and him just singing over it. And then the producer would hear that and be like, okay, let's record this full mm-hmm. band. And then mm-hmm. like you just said with the Timbaland stuff, all of those weird Adding like little different- things wouldn't be something necessarily that I would assume. Again, I don't know that Justin Timberlake would bring Probably. to the table, but it's yeah, it's it's even in a scenario where I think the role of a producer. This makes me think of Rick Rubin. Is almost mm. like hearing that original idea. If it's a scratch recording, or you know, someone's maybe in a studio just singing a melody to like a few chords on a guitar or a piano. But the producer's job is to go, oh given the context of who you are and what you've done and what you've told me you want to do with this project, when I hear you do that song, it's like, it sounds to me you're trying to accomplish this goal. So I'm going to do all of these different things to sort of allow you to achieve that goal, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And in that sense, it's just like they do a lot, but at the same time, they're not the one that maybe came up with that original song idea. So it's just like, in that sense it's not like they're the one that's creating the song, but they're the ones that are assembling a lot of these other things to actualize that idea, you know? Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show there's a lot of moving pieces when it comes to behind-the-scenes music, right? Yeah. And and the producer's a big part of it, you know, as is the recording engineer, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and I think especially in relation to, like, rock music or, I mean, every genre, but it's how something is recorded that the recording engineer is kind of involved in that process where yeah. the producer is more like big picture. Right. Let's have these sounds here or mm-hmm. let's try this or experiment a bit. But And also like I can see how those are to, to a degree almost inseparable or indistinguishable. Like it makes me think of Gavin. We had in, in you know, in mm-hmm. season one, like Gavin was an audio engineer, but also described himself as a producer. And that's just because a byproduct of him working in various spaces with various different people you know, sometimes the hat he wears is mm-hmm. the production mm-hmm. hat, and and yeah. the other times it's it's that of the engineer. So, um, well, that that's the nature of it, right? Yeah. Like you kind of do a bit of both, but but especially when thinking in context of like major record labels and who they're putting, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars behind. It's mm-hmm. like they they definitely have a lot of people involved in that process. Big time, yeah, yeah. And it's cool to uh, it is always it's cool that you looked it up because it's always cool to learn that. So. Maybe for season two, we'll try to get some more producers in hand. That's not a bad or idea. Yeah. Or at least comment on them. Yeah, exactly. Often. Or you and I will just continue to talk about them. But really, back to the point of this whole conversation is we need some more farm... like Farmers, that's farmers. right. And, and I think country music in general is underrepresented oh, yeah. in this yeah. podcast. Hey there. Are you a farmer and also an audio <laughs> engineer guy? Perfect. Or gal. Yeah. Um, or person anyway but yeah that would be cool some like more from the the perspective of a producer and i also would think that that's a cool thing for you and i too you know who comes to mind actually is john mutt lang or mm. lange or whatever mm-hmm. i think it's lang i've i'm familiar with lang lang yeah but made the mark obviously with shania twain and did yeah. some like record-breaking music there as a producer but also quite a different quite a mix i mean there's a lot more similarities than there are differences but a bunch of different artists that you may not necessarily expect one producer to work to work with so that's also a kind of an interesting thing too is is maybe that's a task that you and i should do is let's find a producer that's worked with a okay. bunch of different artists okay um clive evans clive evans owens 
Clive Owen? Clive, Clive Owen. Davis. Davis. There it is. I always forget. Clive Owen is an actor. Clive Owen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Clive, Clive Davis. Davis is who you're thinking of. Yeah. Is that that's not a producer? He's more like a talent. I, I'm sure he's got producer credits, but you're right with the A and R thing, which is a role that's kind of like not what it used to be. Because mm-hmm. an A and R role, for those that don't know, was the, literally it's, it's the most coveted job in the music industry because it is somebody who goes out and finds new bands. Artists and repertoire, I believe, yeah, is, right? Yeah, they literally sign new bands to a major label, so yeah. they go out and see shows for a living and have fun and you know all those things. Right. It was that was more him. I was just thinking of someone who has quite a mix of, you know, classic rock bands in the 70s and then Whitney Houston, Alicia Keys, like Ace of Bass. Yeah, but he definitely... Kenny G. I think he's got some production <laughs> credits. I would imagine so, yeah. Um, and that, But that's more that idea of maybe not even someone who's involved in the music creation, but someone who's in the room and says, it sounds like you're trying to do this or let's do this yeah. and make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the takeaways are for season two... Producers and farmers. Yeah. Farming producers. Farming producers. Well, f- I mean, farmers produce things. Yeah. So that- produce. Produce. There we go. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Who produces the produce? Yeah. We got there. Yeah. Nice. Great. Well, on that note, looking forward to season two. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're going to have a lot of cool uh, folks on the show, and, and we're excited to kind of do more of this. And, and also, we're excited to continue to expand our own practices. Exactly. Podcasters, exactly. right? Yeah, for sure. And I look forward to um, yeah finding some of those guests that maybe are on the fringes, as we would think of it, in terms of possible or mm-hmm. people who would be good guests for the show. But mm-hmm. uh, it's always great to have conversations with people. And it's a cool thing about music where everyone in, in their own right, with few exceptions resonates with music on some level so it's always cool to find out you know what it what that level is and then also sort of as it pertains to the day-to-day life of these folks you know that's it yeah anyway stay tuned for more